Castle handoff, off left tackle, into the end zone, Chase Edmonds, touchdown! His second of the game, a Fordham single season record, 20th of the year. And this one more important than any touchdown he's ever scored. Fordham a PAT away from tying it with 2.05 to go. A tight end to either side. A receiver to either side. Ball on the right hash. Play clock to five. Second and goal from the 10. Matzel, play fake, pump fake, throws. Back corner of the end zone. It is caught. Touchdown. Fordham wins. The Rams win the Patriot League on a 10-yard touchdown pass to the far sideline. For the third time in Fordham history, the Rams are Patriot League champions. To Bucky Jones Jr., the transfer from UConn. The Fordham Rams are Patriot League champions, and we welcome you to Monday Night Quarterback here on WFUVsports.org. It's our weekly coaches show with Fordham football head coach Joe Moorhead. We'll also have offensive coordinator Andrew Briner and a couple of the players, Pete Matzel, Pistol Pete, certainly one of the, the big names of this game, Tabucky Jones Jr. catching the touchdown. DeAndre Slade actually led the way with 12 tackles in the contest. But we begin Mike Watts, Nick Legerfo sitting with Patriot League head coach, uh, Patriot League champion, However you want to call it, Joe Moorhead. Coach, how you doing? It has a nice ring to it. Doing well. Thanks, guys. Well, Coach, let's begin with this. Take me through the emotion of actually winning this game. When that pass is caught, what are you thinking in that moment? Uh, first and foremost, I, I was just excited for our kids and our seniors and our leaders for you know what they've done over the past three years You know, to turn this team into a, a Patriot League champion and a perennial top ten team. You know, it, it was um, – you know, it just speaks volumes of their character to resolve and, you know, the adversity that we've gone through with people out of the game and, and, and the, you know, how we fought back from, from some uh, situations in the game. And I, was just, I was just happy for our kids and happy for our program. And Coach, we, we talked with you the morning of this game, and, and you said one word to describe this game would be excitement. You have a lot of experience winning championships uh, at Akron and, and at UConn. Where does this conference championship stack up compared to those? Uh, it's it's as good or better than those two. You know, the one at Akron we won, uh, you know, on a fourth down play was one of the last plays of the game uh, on a touchdown pass to Dominic Hickson. Um, you know, at UConn, we won it with a field goal over South Florida. But the, certainly this one, the way, you know, we came back and the kids fought and, you know, with, with Peter having, having pressed into duty and doing such an admirable job and our defense stepping up and playing well and the way we came back, you know, I think this one – you know, it sits at the top of all those games. Mike Watts, Nick Legerfo, Joe Moorhead on Monday Night Quarterback. Well, Coach, when you think about the, the first drive of this game, let's go all the way back before the grease fire, which made not top ten, before the uh, uh, Bucknell player uh, Evan Byers ran over a referee, which was on three jeers on Sports Nation on ESPN today, and before the number two on top ten touchdown catch to win the Patriot League. Let's go back to the first drive because Pete Matzel looked in control all the way up to an interception, tipped in the end zone looking for Dan Light. Take me through that drive because it seemed like Fordham at the outset felt like they were in command of this game. To have that ball picked off must have really let some, some wind out. Yeah, we, we certainly provided ESPN with some good content. <laughs> so that was that's a plus on that end to get some exposure on, on ESPN. But, no, we um, – you know, we felt confident with our game plan going in. You know, we, we had a good mix of run and pass, and we were moving the ball down the field successfully. You know, got down there in the goal line area, and we had a, a run pass option, you know, dialed up off of what we had seen off film. You know, Danny had a good release inside. You know, Peter threw the ball, you know, at a spot where he thought Danny could get it. And to be quite frank, the kid from Bucknell made a good play. He came in from behind, got a, got a hand on it, and the other kid was running hard to the ball and, and made an interception. So it was certainly a, a – uh, you know, a momentum changer early in the game, you know, where we go down, we punch that in, you know, maybe, it, you know, the game heads in a different direction. But, you know, Bucknell, as I said all week, is, is an excellent football team that plays hard. And, you know, they were 7-1 and one for a reason. So you definitely, you know, you want to come away with 7 or 3 at that point and to come away with 0 and give them the ball and, you know, swing the momentum obviously wasn't what we were looking for, you know, coming out of the gate. It was a real back-and-forth first quarter there. Uh, they ended up going three and out in their first possession. Second possession, you guys can't really figure it out. They started bringing a little bit more pressure. But you guys started moving the ball at the end of the first quarter, and you're in the goal line, red zone situation, and then there's a grease fire. Have you ever seen anything like that to delay a game in, in that manner? And, and what did you tell your guys during the break? I've seen games delayed before, but never via grease fire. You know, <laughs> And looking back on it, it might have been a good idea to get those propane tanks away from the – 
from the uh, the open fire there, which so gladly someone came in and got that thing. But I, I didn't. You, know, you could see the fire from the other side of the field, but I mean, control the controllable, and obviously the grease fire was not within our control. So our kids really. I mean, we've been through enough things <laughs> that that really didn't. I mean, it had zero effect on our guys aside from the fact that you know they had to get a little bit loose and, and wait around a little bit, but. You know, we had some momentum going. We ended up scoring on that drive anyway. So, you know, there uh, there was zero effect on our guys from from the standpoint aside from it. It slowed our momentum down. We had a little, we had we had our tempo rolling a little bit at that point. So, I think that was really the only adverse effect. You know, aside from the smoke inhalation. Yeah, and I, I know obviously, uh, really, your sideline was a little bit better off from that yeah. than the Bucknell sideline. But I want to go back, and I know this isn't a pleasant memory, but the Villanova game week two because there was that long lightning delay, much longer than this grease fire delay. Yeah. It seemed like the team wasn't playing great going into it, but they definitely weren't playing well afterwards. This time around, your team has the resolve to come back first and goal from the eight and punch the ball into the end zone. When you look back at the adversity you face early in the year, how much does that affect your ability to get over those moments at times like this? Yeah, well, I mean, we stunk against Villanova, and I don't think the rain delay had anything to do with how we played prior to or after that. But, you know, certainly <laughs> it gave us a frame of reference heading into that one. But, you know, the thing I think our kids were able to do throughout that game is, you know, we had not been in a tight game the entire season and, and really going back a, a year or so, you know, it had been quite some time. But, you know, you talk about when the foundation of your program is built on your habits and discipline, accountability, work ethic, you know, taking your hat off in the cafeteria, taking your rings out, putting your hand behind the line and finishing on drills, you know, doing all those little things right. You know, it's like riding a bike. You, you're taught how to do it. You may not do it for a long time, but you remember how to do it. So when we were, when we were met with adverse situations in that game and you know needed a play made i think a team that that, that you know isn't as disciplined as our team or, or built on the right foundation maybe he's not able to come through in those situations so you know i hope that our, what happened was a result of our kids falling back on the things that that have made them this successful in the past three years all right coach let's talk a little bit about what happened in the second quarter your defense makes a, a huge stand uh, with 4.30 left to go, Bucknell has the ball. It looks like they're going to be driving, but you guys are able to come up with a big stop in that game. And how, how big was that in terms of being a turning point in this game to get your offense the ball right before halftime? No, it, was, it was a great job by our defense on that drive and throughout the game. I think we held them to 109 yards rushing, uh, you know, no rusher over 100 yards. I think the quarterback was 13-26 and 26 and, uh, you know, 300 total yards and, and 24 points. Obviously, you want to keep the points down a little bit lower, but I thought our defense – we played great complimentary football. We, when things went poorly on either side of the ball, no one was pointing fingers at each other or the other side of the ball. We came together as a team. And, uh, you know, I think our defense sparked us with a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, momentum-changing plays and, and, and did a great job of, uh, you know, picking up the offense when we were down and, and vice versa. Well, and when you talk about Lawletta, the backup who came in and played for Bucknell in this game, R.J. Nitty doesn't start. He's a little more turnover-prone statistically this year than Lawletta has shown to be, and your team doesn't force a turnover in this game off of Lawletta, who's a senior who's making his third start. What can you say about the performance that not only your guy put together coming in for a starter who's established himself, but for a kid who's only played in three games to put together a performance like that on national TV Certainly wasn't maybe what was expected, but I, I, I really think he played a phenomenal game. I think he did a great job. And you look at his stat line, I believe he's up to eight touchdowns and no interceptions now on the season. And I have the utmost respect for Coach Susan and his staff and their program. Uh, you know, they're well coached, they're physical, they put great game plans together. And, you know, they asked Trey to do the things that he's successful doing. And I think the big thing that, you know, he gives a little bit of a different. Uh, skill set than Nitty is it, it, he's more athletic and you saw some of the times when we didn't maintain our pass rush lanes or we let him get out of the pocket he did a good job scrambling for yards but you know like I said I have the utmost respect for Bucknell it was a great game they're 7-1 for a reason you know and, and, and Trey did it he played a very good game made some great throws in some clutch situations all right coach let's look a little bit at the second half you guys are ahead 17 to 10 at that point and it seemed like the offense wasn't the same in the second half what was Bucknell doing to you guys to really frustrate you guys and not allow you to, to find your rhythm in the second half? I think it was a combination of two things. One, they're a very good defense, uh, you know, and, and they, you know, they were playing well in, in the outset of the, of the second half. We had two, three and outs in a row, and, you know, got in a couple of situations where we were behind the chains, and, you know, when you're in those long yard situations and we were there were some, you know, difficulties we had in pass protection, but, you know, it, it was a combination of things. I don't think we were calling plays any differently. I think, you know, they, they were doing a good job adjusting. They were doing a good job, you know, blitzing 
and uh, you know Byers and, and uh, the Marvell and the Clayton Ewell kid do do a good job applying pressure, and um, you know it's you know in a lot of ways <laughs> with what we've done offensively, we're accustomed to see us accustomed to seeing our offense score on just about every drive. So when you don't get a couple and it result in points, you know it's it's you know not up to our standard, but you know you got to tip your hat to Bucknell. They played a very good game defensively. Mike Watts, Nick Legerfo, Joe Moorhead, live from the Applebee's in Fordham Plaza for Monday Night Quarterback on WFUVsports.org. Well, let's move into the second half here, if, if we could. And really, this is a game that Fordham led from, from tip to tail until you got to 3 minutes, 15 seconds left in that, sec- in that fourth quarter, I should say, in the second half. And, and really, the momentum-changing play was a turnover, a really disappointing one when you were backed up. Let's hear that and then get your thought on where your team was after that point. Matzel looks in. He has got Piercy on his right, bringing the blitz. Steps back, steps up, hit, and he drops the ball in the backfield. It's still loose, and it's picked up by Bucknell at the 16. And so right there, Pete Matzel drops the ball. It's at the 16. Only, what, about four minutes remaining at that point. And at that point, you got to be feeling pretty pessimistic in some ways because Bucknell could really have worked the clock down quite a bit more than they did. Where's your mentality in that moment? Um, obviously disappointed in, in, in the series there. You know, we had a you know six-man drop back protection called and, you know, thought we had a good route dialed up and we just we weren't able to pick up the pressure and they did a good job, you know, getting home and, and causing a turnover. And, you know, anytime you give the, the opposition the ball in their own territory, you know, it's a big momentum shift. <laughs> so I was really you know, disappointed in turning the ball over but was hoping our defense could get a stand and, you know, thinking of what we would need to do to, to overcome. Uh, you talk about the margin. We talked about it earlier in the morning, the margin of error in a game like this being small and turnover margin being a uh, determining factor in the game. Certainly we didn't. You know, we did a good job with, with explosive plays, but certainly the, the turnovers on our part didn't give us an opportunity to you know, be as successful as possibly we could have been. And, of course, Bucknell goes on to score a touchdown in that series. They're a disappointing play. You got them pinned back, a penalty, thir- third and long. They end up throwing a long pass for the touchdown. You guys are down by seven points with 3.15 to go in the game. Do you tell, your, do you tell Peter anything at that point? Do you, do you change your message to the team at all? Or what are you, what are you doing at that point? Oh, I mean, the kid, I mean, we talked about it that morning. That don't let the game records wreck the game. And, you know, we had single coverage on Will Carter with, you know, with our best defensive back. And, you know, they threw a fade route and scored a touchdown. But, you know, the message didn't change on the sideline. I mean, we... You know, we, we obviously knew we needed to score there and we needed to have urgency and get it done quickly. And we went down in 65 seconds and scored a touchdown. So I don't think anyone pressed a panic button. I think we were calm, cool, and collected and talked about the things we needed to do instead of the things that happened. And I think that, you know, that, that's really what our team's all about. Mike Watts, Nick Legerfo, Joe Moorhead with us. We're going to be previewing the Georgetown game. Fordham looking to go undefeated in the Patriot League for the very first time. That's coming up shortly, but we still have a little bit of fourth quarter and overtime left to talk from this Bucknell game. And when you look at the the clock, two minutes and five seconds remaining in the game, and Bucknell has the ball with really a a great field position because if Mike Mirando doesn't help push the the kid out of bounds, really it's a a potential touchdown there on the uh, kickoff return, and that certainly would have changed the game. But to get the stop that you got in that moment, in in, in the waning minutes of this game, how important is that for your defense to know that they're able to come up with a stop that big? No, it was huge. And, and you know, I just walked over to Coach Hooley before the series started, and I said, hey, can't give up a field goal here. And he's like, oh, I got you, Coach. He's like, this one's going into overtime. And, you know, we got a great stop. And, uh, you know, the defense did a fantastic job, like I said, stepping up in key situations. You know, gave up a little bit of yardage there. But, you know, we uh, ended up stopping the drive, forcing them to punt, and that allowed us to take it into the extra frame. And, you know, that was, that was another great job by our defense on the day that they played played very well. And now when you guys go into the overtime tied at 24, and you, you guys elect to go on defense first in that period. Just talk about that decision and, and why you decided to have your guys go out there first. First and foremost, I think when you're – you want to see what you have to do, you know what I mean? So you, you, I, I always prefer to, you know, have the defense go out first then know what you need offensively. And uh, the way our defense had been playing, normally we elect to take the ball at the beginning of the game, but I felt in that situation, one, because I prefer to be on offense second, but two, how our defense had been playing. You know, and I, like I told John before that two-minute drive at the end, you know, I walked over him in the huddle and said, if you hold them to zero or three, we're going to win this football game. 
And, uh, and once again, he said, I got you, Coach. All right. And, uh, you know, they took care of business, held him to a field goal. Justin Vaughn had a great sack, you know, on the third down play. And, um, you know, once again, uh, it was a great day for our defense and, you know, it allowed us to, to have the opportunity to do the things that we did offensively on the last drive. Mike Watts, Nick Legerfa with future teller Joe Moorhead because that's exactly what your team did. They forced a 44-yard field goal, which was one yard shy of the longest hit all year by Derek Maurer. Puts it through the pipes, and your offense comes out first down and 10 from the 25, and Chase Edmonds gets stuffed for a few-yard loss. The next play, though, is where I think Pete really maybe made the play of the game even more so than the touchdown. Escapes pressure, rolls right, and finds Sam Ajala to get a first down. Walk me through the play call there and walk me through what it takes for a quarterback like Pete to make that play. You know, it's kind of funny. The, the play on second down was actually a longer version of the play that we threw the touchdown on, and we were expecting them to come out in single coverage off court. It was a, a true post-corner out uh, that we wanted against an off-corner. They came out and played cover two, so the conversions and the route depths are a little bit different. They got a little bit of pressure from the boundary. Pete did a good job stepping you know, up into the pocket and flushing, and, and Sam did a good job with the scramble. But, you know, certainly, uh, you know, the, the route progresses against that coverage, but it wasn't designed to attack that coverage, uh, and they made a good call. And, you know, Pete, Pete just – he was able to find Sam, and like you said, that play was as clutch or more clutch than the, than the actual last play of the game. And that – we talked about it. That that set up the eventual game-winning touchdown to DeBucky Jones – and what was that play call for for Tabucky there in that last play? The, the actual play call? Well, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it was it's a sl- it's a slant corner as opposed yeah. to a post corner. So we were we were down there a little bit tighter throughout the uh, you know the past few games. We've been running a lot of slant routes in the red zone in the tight red zone, and teams have been shutting those routes off inside. So you know you know when we sat down in the red zone. We knew we were going to get single coverage on the perimeter, and we knew if we would run a slant route that the corner was going to drive heavy to take away the inside. So we slant corner and, you know, Buck and Sam was actually as equally open as, uh, as Tabucky was, but Peter picked the wide side of the field to work because he had, knew he had more room. And Tabucky actually made the kid fall down. So, you know, as long as it wasn't overthrown or dropped, you know, it was, uh, you know, I think we had, because they were in single high coverage, I think we had, a, you know, the right play dialed up in, in the right situation. Mike Watts, Nick Legerfo with Joe Moorhead. Just one or two more questions here about Bucknell and then on to Georgetown where Fordham plays on Saturday, a 1 o'clock kickoff here in the Bronx, and hopefully great attendance coming for that game. Uh, Joe, when you came from UConn, you brought a couple of players with you. You brought Tabucky Jones Jr. with you, brought Mike Niebrick with you. I think a lot of people thought that there would come a time where maybe a Fordham championship would be won by Mike Niebrick throwing a pass to Tabucky Jones Jr. But Tabucky, in the game, makes the catch. It's Pete Matzold who's throwing, a senior who you didn't recruit, who came in as a freshman, started against your UConn team, he is a guy who was put to the bench by Ryan Higgins, put to the bench by Mike Niebrick, and came to practice seemingly the same way he did as when he was the starter as a true freshman. Try and speak as best you can to what Pete Matzelt has done for this program over the last four years, culminating in that touchdown pass. No, I think you know Pete is a consummate team player, and, and I've said it to you before that you know, I think Pete will be the starting quarterback at, I don't want to say a majority, but... A lot, of, a lot of schools at the FCS level. And for him to come in every day and prepare like he's a starter and practice like a starter and know that he's one play away, and uh, for him to step in when Michael's out in the two most critical games of the 2014 schedule and lead us to two, two victories, it speaks volumes for Peter, speaks volumes for his preparation and how he's been coached. And, you know, the kids respond to Peter. They like Peter, you know what I mean? And, you know, next man in, and Peter, Peter was the, uh, you know, the ultimate next man in, so to speak. All right, Coach, and we congratulate you on the win at Bucknell, and it, it really was one of the uh, the better Fordham victories in recent years to come. But now we turn the page somewhat. You have Georgetown coming to the Bronx on Saturday, and with uh, with this in mind, you have a chance to win this, this Patriot League title outright. Uh, right now you, there's still a chance that you could be co-champions if you go on to lose this and a couple other things happen. But you control your own destiny. If you guys win at, against Georgetown, you will be uh, Patriot League champions outright. So how important is it for you guys to get this done on Saturday? Oh, it's vitally important. You know, I told the guys on, on Sunday at our meeting, you share your Tories, you don't share a championship. So uh, we don't, we don't want to be, you know, hey, there's Pete right there. We, uh, <laughs> you know, we want to win this thing outright. No Fordham team has gone undefeated in Patriot League play. 
Uh, it'll make us 17-1 and one in three years for these seniors, undefeated the last two years at home. Uh, senior day, you know, uh, working for a bye, hopefully. So there's a lot at stake. And, uh, you know, we, we you know, there, there's you know, there's not going to be a letdown. We, we, we prepare to a standard, not to our opponents. So whether it's Georgetown or whether it's whomever, you know, we're going to come out and prepare the same way and expect the same thing every time we take the field, and that's a win. And while I don't mean to overshoot Georgetown, this is more a question about the last two games. The Fordham team is now eighth in one poll, ninth in another, and a lot of people are wondering where they may stand in terms of the playoff committee in terms of getting a bye week, in terms of getting a home game, or in terms of maybe even if you lose one of these next two, having to go on the road to start the playoffs or, or in that second round. With that in mind, what's your approach if you – do well against this Georgetown team how much does your approach matter given trying to get a bye week trying to get a home game is that now the entire focus of this team to, to try and focus to win to get those I, I think it's you know part of the um, one of the possible scenarios that's out there but certainly um, you know we're going to do what we do you know we're going to try to win both games starting with this one and uh, we'll let the chips fall where they may but the good thing is we know that our tickets punched it's just you know, where's the train taking us? And, uh, you know, that'll be dictated by how we play against Georgetown and how we play against Army, obviously. Well, you look at this Georgetown team, just 2-7 and seven on the year, but they've played some close games, uh, Patriot League opponents. That is, uh, Bucknell, they lose that one 22-17. Lehigh, 27-19. Lafayette, they only lose that one by three. So there's some close games in there with, with some Fordham common opponents. How do you look at this team on tape? How do they appear to you? Yeah, Coach Garlotta was in his first year there. He and I were actually assistants together at Georgetown uh, when I was there. Uh, Robbie played there. He never left. You know, he's gone through the ranks. He's the assistant as a coordinator, now the head coach, so I'm happy for him to have this opportunity. But his kids are playing hard. You know, they're, they're the top-ranked scoring defense in the league, giving up just over 20 points a game. Uh, they have a couple fantastic players. Alec May, I think, has 14 and a half sacks. Nick Alfieri is one of the top kids in the country or in, in the conference in tackles. And uh, Etienne Scott, I believe, the corner has four interceptions. So they do a real good job defensively, and, you know, it'll be a challenge. You know, number one ranked offense versus number one ranked defense statistically. You know, offensively they've, you know, uh, you know, had some difficulties putting points on the board, but they've moved the ball. Uh, Joel Campello, the running back, does a real good job. You know, they run no huddle. They run spread. Kyle Nolan's, you know, done some good things throwing and running. So they'll be well coached. Uh, it'll be a challenge. They'll be excited. You know, and what better for them to say than they than they beat the, the Patriot League champions. So we're expecting their best, and, you know, they're going to get our best. Mike Watts, Nick Legerfo with Joe Moorhead, the Patriot League winning head coach. We've got just a couple more questions with him, and then it's on to Andrew Briner, the offensive coordinator, and then Pistol Pete Matzel, Tabucky Jones Jr., and DeAndre Slade will join us later on in the show. But, uh, Coach, you mentioned it already. This is a team that doesn't really score a lot of points, but when you look at the, the grand scheme of things for them, more than half their points have come off turnovers. So really, does this come down to if your team can hold on to the football, you feel confident going into this game that you should be able to keep their offense more or less off the board, if not just keep them down a little bit in this game? Uh, you know, I, I think really if we stick to our formula as opposed to, you know, trying to do one thing better than the other, I, I think, you know, those types of things take care of themselves. I think our defense is, you know, predicated on, you know, number one, keeping the points down, number two, creating turnovers, and then, you know, as we've done all year, stop the run, which, which we've done very well. And, you know, we're towards the top of the conference in, in uh, scoring defense and total defense and in the top 25 in the country. And then, you know, offensively we've got to find a way to, to move the ball and score points against a defense that's been more stingy in the points allowed department than they have. They've been giving up some yards, but have done a good job, like you said, creating turnovers and playing good critical down situation football. So, you know, we're going to prepare like we always prepare, have the same game plan in terms of, you know, what our structure is, and then, you know, we're going to be prepared for, you know, another hard-fought Patriot League game. Coach, you look at this senior class that you have. They've accomplished so much in this four years, eventually culminating with the Patriot League championship. How important is it in your eyes to send these guys off at their final regular season game at Jack Coffee Field with a win? No, I mean, I mean it would it would be great, bring great closure, uh, you know, to their home regular season careers and, you know, to be able to do the things that these kids have done and, uh, you know, elevate this program to the status that it's achieved, you know, with, with uh, you know, all the things we accomplished last year and now the Patriot League championship, you know, have an opportunity to go to playoffs and compete for a national championship and, you know, finish their, their senior year undefeated at home. 
and their junior year for two years in a row. It, like I said, it, it would be, bring great closure for a class that's really elevated this program to, to heights it's never, never seen. Coach, before we let you go, just one or two more questions for me. First, let's talk about the injury situation. And while Pete has played tremendously over the last few games, I think a lot of people wondering what the situation is with Mike Niebrick, Fordham's All-American Offensive Player of the Year. What's his situation moving forward into this week? And even guys like Victor DeFusco who missed this last game. Yeah, Mike's antsy. Mike wants to get back, but, you know, that's in the hands of the doctor. So he's going to be reevaluated at some point, you know, early this week. And, uh, you know, we'll – We'll just, you know, make our plans based off of what they say. So right now it's, uh, you know, really up to the doctors and you know, they're going to evaluate them and do what they do. You know, that's their area of expertise. So as soon as we know, you know, we'll press forward. But obviously, you know, Pete's done a great job. And if it's Michael, obviously he's, you know, one of the best, if not the best player in the country. So you'd like to have him back. But by the same token, you know, Pete's led us to two very, you know, uh, you know significant wins. And, and if it's Peter, he'll, 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 he'll lead us to another one. And, Coach, finally, we had you post-game for the interview, first to get you after the game, and I believe the word you used was ecstasy or uh, euphoria. Euphoria was the word you used to describe that emotion right there. What's your emotion right now about winning that now that you've had a couple days to sleep on it? And how much does it change knowing that you have another game to go handle this week? No, it feels great. And, you know, unfortunately we're not not afforded the luxury of dwelling on wins too long or losses too long. But, you know, this win means everything to me because of these kids. But, you know, as I told them Sunday, if what you did yesterday seems big, then you obviously haven't done anything today. So, you know, they're going to get fitted for the rings and they're going to get them at some point. But we got bigger fish to fry. And, uh, you know, we're going to try to do our best to win these last two regular season games and go on to attempt to achieve the only goal that we haven't achieved this season, and that's uh, to win a national championship. All right, it's a Patriot League football head coach, Joe Moorhead. Coach, thank you for joining us for this one, and we'll have you back again soon. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. And we'll have Andrew Briner coming on with us just in a moment. He's the offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. And, Nick, you and I have wanted to have him on for a long time. We talked to him a lot, and uh, really he's, he's, he knows what he's doing out there, and he's been able to coach two quarterbacks into very strong performances all season long. Yeah, he really has, and, and the big question is when Michael Niebrick went down, what was going to happen at the, the quarterback position? And Coach Briner's done a great job in preparing Pete Matzel, uh, and uh, the, this offense really hasn't missed a beat since, uh, since Niebrick's injury. So a lot of credit goes to Coach Moorhead, but also a lot of credit goes to Coach Briner. Certainly so, and Andrew Briner's working his way over, and uh, this year he was elevated the offensive coordinator position on the coaching staff. He's been around the program since coach joe moorhead came in and he's been working as the quarterbacks coach he's helped develop michael niebrick into one of the best quarterbacks in the country he's helped develop pete matzeld into maybe the best backup in the patriot league if not a guy who could start on a lot of teams in the patriot league and we have him with us now mike watts nick legerfo now joined by fordham offensive coordinator andrew briner coach so good to finally have you well thank you for having me on we you and i get to talk quite a bit and i'm excited to be here tonight All right, well, Coach, let's begin with this because certainly Wednesday a week ago was a bit of a tumultuous time because Fordham's headed into an important game. They are playing a very strong Colgate team by all accounts, and Mike Niebrick has his appendix taken out that night. Walk me through what you, really the timeline of how this happened and what's going on in your head. I, the timeline is uh, it was about 15 minutes before our position meetings, and I got a call from Vinny, uh, our athletic trainer, and he said, I have Michael in my office. His, his stomach is not feeling well. I've tested him for all of the uh, sports-related injuries. I'm trying to convince him to go down to the health center. As you know, Michael is a, uh, a strong-minded individual and an ultimate competitor, and I think at that point he knew something wasn't right and didn't want to hear that. Um, so I got on the phone, and I said, Michael, if Vinny's telling you go down, go down. So uh, he, he did go down, and, and I walked in the quarterback room and, and looked at, at Peter and, and Nick and Kevin and said, hey, we don't know what's going on with Michael, but next man in. And, I, I you know, people ask what's it like to coach Michael Niebrick, and, and I'm privileged to do so. Uh, I'm even more privileged to have, you know, Peter Metzold in the, in the meeting room as well because, you know, for two years now, the Bucknell game last year, the Lafayette game, and, and then again, these last two games, we don't flinch. Uh, I have all the faith in, in Peter that I have in Michael. Uh, and it's a credit to, to Peter for the way he prepares each and every week as though he's a starter. And uh, he goes out and he executes. So what was that adjustment like? It, 
you know, between Peter Matzold and, and Michael Niebrick, is there much of an adjustment between the two at all? No, none whatsoever. Uh, from us offensively, uh, from a schematic standpoint, absolutely nothing changes. Uh, you know, they both have their, their strengths and their weaknesses, and, and when it was time for Peter to, to step in, you know, he and I had a conversation about, hey, here are the things that you really need to focus on, the things that might have given him problems in the past, uh, and, and just to, to reiterate what he needs to focus on. But schematically, from a coach standpoint, no difference whatsoever. When you move into that last couple of days of that practice week and even into the most recent practice week for Bucknell, when you think about splitting reps among quarterbacks, usually the, the starter will obviously get the lion's share, but with a guy like Kevin Anderson who has never really played in this offense in a game situation to be elevated into the backup role in his first year on campus, how many reps did you give him to make sure even he was ready in case something went awry with Pete now that he's been elevated up to the starter? We gave him the same number of reps. We always give the number two quarterback. It wasn't an increased amount. It wasn't a decreased amount. I think we were smart with what we asked him to do. Uh, as you said, a guy that hasn't been in the system for three years like Peter and Michael have been, um, you know, limit the call sheet, uh, not, not throw the whole kitchen sink at him, so to speak. Uh, go back to the things that, that we, you know, we considered day one install, first day of camp. What are the most basic fundamental things that we do and have him focus on those um, so that should he be in a game situation, He's in his comfort zone as much as he possibly can be, given the fact that he's just new to the to the offense. Now, looking ahead to this Bucknell game that you guys just had, uh, obviously Pete had a successful game at Colgate. Coming mm-hmm. into this Bucknell game, what were the biggest keys to the game for him? I think the the big keys for Pete going into the game were were keeping focused. Uh, obviously. Playing the quarterback position in a Division One football game is going to be chaotic. You have a hundred things moving around in your head. You have people moving around you at all times. Uh, so I think he needed to stay more focused, have a little bit better attention to detail uh, with his assignments and what he was seeing from the defense. Uh, and then, as always, with every quarterback, you're constantly talking about limiting turnovers. Uh, those are the, the quickest ways to, or the quickest way to lose a football game is to turn the football over. So uh, focus, attention to detail, and limiting turnovers. Mike Watts, Nick Legerfo with offensive coordinator for the Fordham football team, Andrew Briner. And when you look at the weapons that he has around him, Chase Edmonds a little bit banged up, missed part of this game with various injuries he's been you know, playing with. But you've got Kendall Piercy there and Chase Edmonds in the backfield, and you've got 1,000-yard receivers galore across your offense. And, of course, All-American tight end and a great backup in Marcus Jones who's proven it's very tough strong. tough to be the offensive coordinator at Fordham, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I feel so bad for you, but uh, with that in mind, having Pete come in really is the goal just to make sure the ball gets to playmakers in space. Is, is that really the, the goal then when you bring in a new quarterback who hasn't played that much with these guys? Yeah, I think the, the nice thing that Peter has is he does have that talent around him, and it takes a little bit of pressure off. He, he knows that he has athletes around them that, that if he does his job and distributes the football that have the ability to make the play, but that's no different than when Michael's in there uh, either. You know, it, we, we run a system. Uh, the system has rules. We don't force the ball to any particular receiver. Uh, you know, and it's amazing the distribution and how evenly the ball has been distributed over the last you know two, three seasons, really. And it's not by design. We're not you know counting the reps, counting the catches, counting the touches. The the the, the system really just takes care of itself. And now looking at this Bucknell game, we can get into it a little bit here. In that first couple of series. You guys seemed like you were moving the ball pretty effectively against this defense. What were you guys seeing from Bucknell that allowed you guys to get into a rhythm? I think, first of all, what, what always gets us into a rhythm is we were able to play fast. Um, our tempo was really good on those drives. Um, and, and the most important thing is I thought we did a good job on first and second down, staying ahead of the sticks. That We knew going into it, this is a team that can get after the quarterback. They can rush the passer. They had really good defensive linemen, and those, those linebackers are, are talented pass rushers as well. So trying to keep them out of that situation where they could pin their ears back and come after the quarterback. So we did a good job early on first and second down, staying ahead of the sticks, staying in manageable third down situations when you look at the second half it wasn't so much we weren't as good on first and second down we, we had some incompletions we had some negative plays all of a sudden you're in third and eight third and nine third and ten there's not a whole lot of great play calls to call in those situations that's tough and when you think about getting into those behind the sticks kind of downs how much of a struggle is it because the playbook isn't built to, to deal with third and 12 it's not built to deal with second and 20 so how do you guys kind of make sure that you aren't becoming 
maybe too static in, in those downs and try to are you trying to pick up 10 yards are you trying to get the whole thing back on second and 20 yeah no you don't try to get the whole ba- thing back on second and 20 your your thought process is let's get half of it back let's get half of it back so we get into at least now we're in third and 10 or less when you go from third and 11 or more the percentages the odds uh, say it's I think it's 15 percent uh, you're happy if you convert 15 percent of your third and 11 plus plays so you're trying to get back into that third and seven to ten category those you're looking to convert about you know 35 percent of the time uh, so yeah the, the idea on second and, t- and long is to get half of it back and when you're in those third and long situations you got to you know, it all just depends on what you're getting from the defense, whether they're going to play max coverage and you got to find the windows or they're going to do what Bucknell did, which is bring pressure and force you to get the ball out of your hand before your receivers can get to that, that 11 or 12-yard route depth. Well, it, it seemed like in the second half they, got, they kept you guys pretty much in check the entire second half, but you get the ball back with 3.15 to go, and that final drive, what, what was different on that final drive than the entire second half? You guys really got into a rhythm there positive plays on first and second down uh going forward on first and second down and playing with tempo um i I know it it sounds simple and and i'm not trying to oversimplify it but that that really is what it comes down to uh and we got you know two plays off quick the big one to sam got us down there tight and and chase punched it in but on all those plays we were moving at our fastest tempo and and we were moving forward and when we talked before the game you talked a bit about how they don't run man that's really not what they want to do they run a, a fair amount of cover three but when you kind of work it all out cover two shells kind of make up the majority of what they do so it, did you get what you expected because they brought a lot of pressure to make it difficult to kind of sit in those zones yeah they, they did bring a lot of pressure it was zone pressure it was zone coverage behind it i'd say for the mo- most part they gave us uh what we were expecting there was a uh, you're going to get it every week you're going to get a new blitz you're going to get a new coverage uh but for the most part they 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 very much and that is a well-coached football team. That is a well-coached defense. They're very confident. They're a little bit like us. We're not going to change a whole lot week to week what we're going to do. We're very much, you know, we do what we do. We're confident in our scheme, and they're very much the same way. Uh, and, and they did do that. And, you know, we got some, and they got some, and it was, it was a good battle. And I think one of the big things about this, this offense that's so hard to stop is the fact that you guys are so balanced. You have a good – good wide receivers on the outside and you, you you combine that with chase Edmonds running the football it just for you as the offensive coordinator what kind of luxury is that for this spoiled. this balance this balance attack absolutely spoiled I, it, our kids are we're so blessed with the talent and the, and the kids to work as hard as they do to maximize the talent that they have um, it, it's a it is it's a luxury it's fun it's a lot of fun to coach these guys uh, because you they can do what you're asking them to do uh, it really it opens up the playbook it allows for some creativity as you guys have seen at times um, and it, it's a, it's a lot of fun and it's an absolute pleasure to be around this group yeah, well, it must be fun coming up with plays like Spider 3Y Plantain. Yeah, but, uh, we didn't that, get to run that one. No, I didn't get to run that this time, but maybe some other time. Coach, let's go down to the final play here because we don't have a lot of time left. Coach Moorhead said after the game that was a maybe defect you saw in Bucknell's red zone coverage. He said the route that you had to Bucky and Sam running there, what did you guys see? When did you see it during the week? When did you install it? When did you tell these guys there will come a point where this is going to be a key play in this game. Sure. It, it was Monday night. We were, we were really struggling through the, the tight red zone, which is from the 14-yard line to the 6-yard line, and goal line game plan. Uh, didn't have a lot of film. They, they're a good defense. They didn't allow many teams to get that far down there. So we didn't have a lot of tape, so we kind of looked back and said, okay, what have we been doing? What are they going to gear up to stop? Uh, and we had been running some short posts or slant routes down there, and uh, we came up with the idea to, to run a double move off of that concept. So get them thinking that short post that we've hit a couple touchdowns on, and all of a sudden, Tabucky stuck his foot in the ground and, uh, you know, broke open, and it was, it was, that ball was in the air for a long time. <laughs> well, when it finally comes down, what was that moment like for you? I just I don't know if I really remember it. I think we were we were in a very cramped uh, coach's booth at at Bucknell. Right on and top it, of it, us. It, and I'm sure you heard some pounding oh, and yeah. some screaming, <laughs> and there were some hugs, and it, it was it was as happy as I think I've ever been in my coaching career. Uh, just you know, pure joy and and proud. Uh, you know, I just to to have the opportunity to say how proud I am of Peter to to show the character uh, that he has. 
you know, for a career that, and as, as he would tell you, it's not the career path that he envisioned when he decided to come to Fordham, uh, but to, to, to have the character that it takes to, to stay ready, bide your time, and then what a neat story to, to be the quarterback that leads you to the two key wins to win the Patriot League Championship. I couldn't be more proud of him. Well, Andrew, thanks for coming on, and uh, Patriot League champion offensive coordinator. How's that sound? Sounds good. It feels good, and looking forward to uh, getting back on it this week against Georgetown. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, guys. That's Andrew Briner, Fordham offensive coordinator, joining us on Monday Night Quarterback. Thanks for coming on. Mike Watts, Nick Legerfo still here, and we're going to have some players on now. We're going to start with DeAndre Slate, and then we'll have the uh, the quarterback wide receiver duo together. I, I almost feel bad for DeAndre because he has to come on alone, but he played just a terrific game. You and I said it throughout the broadcast on Saturday, and he really keyed up that Fordham defense. Yeah, he really did. And you look at the stats, stat sheet here, and it, you see 12 tackles, one and a half sacks, one tackle for a loss. Uh, it's just simply incredible numbers for this guy, and, and he's been doing it all year long. DeAndre, when was the last time you led a team in tackles? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I have at Fordham, actually. It might go back to high school unfortunately that's got to be pretty pretty surprising but you were the key to this defense in terms of the run defense did you know going into this game just given the way Bucknell loves to run the football that you would end up being involved as much as you would uh yeah I knew they were gonna like try us up the middle uh uh, sideline to sideline run the ball so I just had a good week of practice and felt like I could make a difference in that part of the game and uh, it, it helped, too. Like, adrenaline was pretty high. Once that game started going, you start thinking about not making the playoffs in your career ending and stuff like that, and it just takes you to a new level, getting kind of like a zone. And you guys were asked to come out there a lot throughout this game, to come in time and time again. Offense was struggling a little bit in the second half. You guys were out there for 35 minutes in this game. At a certain point, was fatigue really starting to kick in for you guys? I was saying like a normal game it would, but no way were you getting fatigued in that game. Like it was, it was, uh, it was electric out there. Like the fans were going crazy, and you knew what was on the line. And fatigue, fatigue was never a factor. We had you on earlier this year, and we talked a bit about how well you've played. You mentioned the the thought that maybe your senior year ends and you're not in the playoffs against Georgetown. You'll set the Fordham games played record with 47, which is with Javaris Dudley and Joe Sullivan, which means you've played every single game since you got here and more than anyone's ever played in a Fordham uniform. What does that mean to you now that apparently you now know that? Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know that you did yeah, before, no. but what's that mean to you given what this program has accomplished in the last four years? That's special, man. I didn't even know that. I'm glad you told me, but just uh, I'm just glad I got to be here for this. Uh, Coach Moorhead coming in here and changing everything. Like When I got here freshman year, I'm Never expect to be sitting here in this position. And uh, it all go to the coaching staff that came in, and they, they just showed us the right way to do things. And I'm glad that I got to do it 47 times in a row, <laughs> even the first 11, unfortunately. But it's all right. <laughs> and you were here from the beginning. Freshman year, you guys only had one win. Now fast forward to this this moment in time where you guys are Patriot League champions, just that change in, in the losing m- mindset to now being a champion, what does that mean for you? And it's crazy. I just remember all the times in, uh, over there in Lombardi when we're running all winter and we're just talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. We're lifting and talking about it on the turf, running in summer and talking about it. Now it's finally coming true. So it's just special to finally just see work you put in come to life. Like, it's, it's just special. We're going to go ahead and play just a, a quick highlight from the game. It's actually a, a field goal from Derek Maurer that actually put the, the team ahead, uh, Bucknell, in the first half of the first overtime. Let's hear that, and then I want to get your thought process, not only from that drive, forcing a long field goal, but also being able to uh, uh, know that your offense was headed back out there. So let's hear the highlight first. Break to hold. Maurer to kick. A 44-yard try in the first half of the first overtime. Snap back, put down, kick is away, and it is good. So right there, you're down now three points. You're getting the ball back for your offense. But to be able to force such a long field goal, to not give up a first down in that overtime, to really run the table in that OT, what's that like for this defense to put together that performance again as they did at the end of regulation? 
Uh, the deep, before we went out there, actually, the defense was going crazy on the sideline. We're pumping each other up. And final thing somebody said to us, Coach Moorhead, just walked up to us, uh, walked up to us and said, you, you keep them to a field goal, we win the game. So we already knew our goal. We knew the offense was going to score a touchdown. So once that field goal went in, it, we, just, we, we knew it was going to happen after that. We had complete trust in the offense. So we were just thinking we forced a field goal, we win the game. And then once you, once you force that field goal, you see the offense go out there. And what was that like on the sideline watching <laughs> them go out there for that final series? When that ball in the air to Bucky and that cornerback fell down, it was hard to stay on the sideline. I wanted to jump on the turf right there, about to get a penalty. But that was great. I've never seen anything like that. I've never even been to overtime in my football career. So that was my first overtime game, and it was great. I wouldn't trade that game for anything. Best game I ever played in. By the way, DeAndre, we're hoping you can help us out here because we have a raffle going on for an autographed helmet from Coach Moorhead, a Fordham helmet here. We're hoping you might be able to pull the winning ticket for us. Can you do that? All right, I got you. <laughs> All right. All right. Big moment. Fordham helmet on the line. Can All you read the number on there for us? 327-537. Two, uh, need, need a little bit clearer, a little, little louder? 327-537. Three two seven five three seven, yep. and that's the winning ticket for the Fordham football helmet. So we'll see who ends up pulling this one out. We've got it here for uh, someone to come up and and uh, take that for us. But DeAndre, let's continue with this conversation because we have you for just a minute or two longer here. Uh -huh. When you have Coach Moorhead come up to you and say zero or three points, and we're going to win this football game, when you know that's the attitude that your team has. What's it like knowing that the offense is about to go on the field? Do you feel utterly confident in them that they're going to do what you just did? Yeah, we feel confident. That just, uh, like when Moorhead says that, it all comes from him. Like, he's, he's a confident coach. He's a confident guy in general. He, he molds his team in that way. So whenever he tells us something, we believe him. Because if he's guaranteed points, then we're going to do what it takes to do what he says. So we went out there and him to a field goal, and all ended up okay. All right, DeAndre, do you know what your ring size is? <laughs> nah, I got one uh, from my uh, right pinky. I got to get one from my left ring pinky. Try to, try to get one more in the playoffs, too, you know what I mean? Try Sounds to get that good. national championship ring. That's DeAndre Slave, <laughs> Fordham defensive tackle. And DeAndre, thanks uh, for being with us, and congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Well, that is DeAndre Slate, uh, Fordham defensive tackle. He's about to set the games played record for Fordham University, which is always a pretty cool accomplishment when you think about how many games they've played in Fordham history, over 600 wins for Fordham over the many, many years that they've played football and some of the years that they haven't. We're going to have DeAndre uh, Slate, uh, obviously, available in the archive if you missed it. We're about to have two more players joining us, Pistol Pete Matzelt and Tabucky Jones Jr. And when you look at those two, Nick, they both played tremendous roles in this game. Tabucky, I think a lot of people knew would play a big role this season, but for Pete to come in and play as well as he did in this game, Really didn't shock anybody, but is still impressive nonetheless. Yeah, you, you talk about it. He's he's playing in, in the backup quarterback role pretty much all season long. Michael Niebuhr goes down. He's called upon to step up, and he does exactly that when the team needs him the most. So you can't talk enough about what Matzel has done for this program. Pete Matzel came all the way from Texas. He started as a true freshman and has been a, a huge contributor to this team over the last couple of years and Tabucky Jones a different route although we've had him on I think three times this year which he must be getting some kind of fatigue from being on this show I think he likes the Applebee's that's really what it comes down to <laughs> that's the key to the whole thing uh, Tabucky uh, have yeah. you already gotten some food or yeah I just ordered it while set to go sounds good all right well and let's go first off because you you know about being on Sports Center top 10 that's nothing new to you but you were on it yeah. again this time with a different quarterback when you saw that on TV, that was probably the first time you had seen the play from a different set of eyes, so to speak. What was it like watching that after the fact? Uh, it was just awesome. Um, on the way back uh, to campus on the bus, everyone was telling me I was getting a whole bunch of like, text messages and saw it on Twitter, saw it on Instagram. And uh, I was just excited, you know, especially the fact that, like, you know, Fordham has come from three years ago being 1-10 or 1-11 and now we're getting recognition on ESPN. It's just like so surreal. By the way, what's it like to hear uh, an ESPN Sports Center anchor say "stunt like your daddy"? <laughs> I mean, I'm used to it. You know, every time my name's brought up in football, my dad's obviously brought up. But I mean, it's just cool, and I really feel blessed. And it's just a lot of the players don't get the opportunity 
you know, to get that type of exposure and stuff like that. So. And Pete, when you see Tabucky get open on that play, what are you thinking, or, or are you even thinking at that point? I, the only thought I had was don't overthrow him. It was, uh, you know, it made the dude fell down. I just wanted to get it in his hands uh, without throwing him out of bounds. I saw a lineman come over and, and pick you up on the on the TV feed afterwards. I saw a couple of them do it. You had been with this program as long as anybody on the roster. What's it like, that culmination of that moment, overtime, national TV, you're behind center, second and ten, you know you need a touchdown to win this thing. What's it like when you see him come open? What What's that feeling like, not only when you initially throw it, but afterwards when you celebrate with your teammates? It's uh, it's an incredible feeling, um, just a culmination of four years of hard work. Uh, finally felt like it paid off, truly. Um, and uh, coming in with this senior class, such a huge senior class, uh, to go out you know, our senior year with the Patriot League title, the first year we're eligible, any of us, um, it, it was really special. All right, Pete, let's go back a little bit to the days leading up to the Colgate game. We know that you have playing experience, but the way Michael went down so suddenly that no one knew really when it was going to happen, the coaches asked you, you're called upon to start against Colgate on short week of practice for you as with the number ones. What was that mindset like for you getting prepared to start? Well, it all happened really fast. Um, I found out meetings at you know one thirty in the afternoon on Wednesday. You know he's you know he's at the hospital. We'll see what we'll see what it is. Like you're going today is the one, and um, you know we we're pretty sure it was, you know it's his appendix, but we didn't know for sure. Um, it, it was it was like I didn't have time to think. Um, just you know what have you been what have you been practicing for for ten weeks now? You know four years now. Um, you know, just go out, go out and do what you know you can do. And, uh, you know, thankfully, you know, it's worked out. So, Bucky, you get to practice and you find out that Mike's not there, Pete's taking the ones. People yeah. talk a lot about timing being different with different quarterbacks. Yeah. What was it like knowing, okay, we've got two or three days here to figure out timing before we've got another big game against Colgate with really the Patriot League championship on the line the last two weeks? What kind of subtle differences are there that maybe people don't notice when you go from one quarterback to another like that? Um, well, usually some quarterbacks have stronger arms. Uh, the spiral comes out different, different velocities. But it wasn't really that big of a difference because even after the season um, last year when Niebuhr got his surgery, he was actually the number one quarterback throughout the entire spring. So it's not like it was the first time me and Pete was going out there and, and, and tossing the picture around. So, um I'm, I'm very familiar with, with Pete's passes and the way he throws it, the way he throws the deep balls, the way he throws the intermediate passes, you know, the short passes, the hitches, the slants. So um, it wasn't that big of a changeup. So I feel like not even me, like me, Sam, what it would be like. We were all prepared. So. And then you guys eventually go on to win the Colgate game, setting up a big matchup against Bucknell. Yeah. And coming into the game against Bucknell to Bucky, uh, a lot of talk about Bucknell running a cover two zone not a lot of man coverage. So yeah. for you, facing a zone, what's what's your mentality like? How does it change between zone and man? I mean, well, when a team plays you man, that's, I look at, at that as a lack of respect. So um, they're mainly in cover three deep zones, so they, they respected our receivers because obviously we have a lot of deep threats. And um, they did come out in zone. They didn't really play man that much, but they ended up, they ended up playing man towards the goal line in the last play of the game. So that obviously came third. So. <laughs> Pete, first drive, you come out, things are moving very quickly. You're moving up the field. Things really seem like you're in command of the offense in that first possession. And then to have the ball tipped, it was a great play made by the, by the mm -hmm. linebacker, defensive back, to get the ball away from Dan Light. But where's your mind when you realize, okay, we, we had the, the, the offense moving, and we end up having this ball tipped away and intercepted at the goal line. Yeah, it's really frustrating um, to move down the field. And I, don't, I don't know how many plays, but you know, it, very fast down the field. And I don't even know if we had a third down. Um, and to come away with no points, it's uh, it's frustrating. And then at the same time, you're walking off the field thinking, you know, we we can do we can take these guys. Um, you know, they, they had a really good defense, and they showed it throughout the game. But at that point, you know, we were thinking. You know, pretty confident. Well, 
we can even fast forward it because it was really a game of highs and lows for this offense. You guys came out really well in the first half. Second half, you guys were struggling pretty much the entire half up until three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So right before that drive with 315, you had just turned the football over, watched Bucknell go ahead by seven points. What is your mindset as a, as a offense getting ready for that drive there? We'll start with you, Pete, and then to Bucky, we'll switch over to you. Um, I felt this is truly our last chance. If, you know, if we want to, if we want to win the Patriot League, if we want to win this game, you know, we have to, we have to go score now. Um, I felt like our offense is is made for situations like that. You know, we have athletes all over the field to get the ball to and and chase to hand the ball off to. Um, I felt like we were in, in that two-minute drive situation that we we had the upper hand. Um, even though it had gone so poorly that second half, um, that first the first pass I think I threw to to, uh, to Bucky, and you know just like one of those things where it just starts snowballing, and you know four plays later we're in the end zone. Uh, it was it's pretty awesome. Now I, I just want to ask about the the fumble at the 16, and we had someone on the sideline who said that a lot of the players were coming up to you and, and trying to encourage you in that moment. How important it is is it that your teammates were there in such a a, a moment where really mm-hmm. things could have turned the opposite way and, and the game very much could have been over? What's it like to know that the teammates that have been around you for four years come up big and, and help you out in that moment? Um, it's huge. It, it really is huge. Not just the players, the coaches as well. Um, but it, it's kind of funny throughout the week. Uh, like when I'm walking out of meetings, you know, they're always like, like pee, you know, get a chant going when I huh. when I leave or something. It's just just funny things like that. That uh, I know all these guys have my back, and uh, especially you know in, in times where you know I'm struggling or something like that. You know, I know these guys have my back and, and pick me up as well as these coaches. And I mean even. Even the training staff and everybody is very supportive. Let's close with this. Let's get the the last play of this game. And I want to know what you guys did as soon as this highlight ends because you <laughs> you were terrible on your punt, Tabucky. That was really the worst punt I've ever witnessed. But that's neither here nor. Actually, there was a punt in the game that uh, what last night on Sunday night that got blocked without even hitting the punter's foot. So maybe not the worst, but bad nonetheless. Let's hear the highlight and then. Uh, I, I want to know where you guys ran to on the field and who you were celebrating with. So let's hear the highlight first. A tight end to either side. A receiver to either side. Ball on the right hash. Play clock to five. Second and goal from the ten. Matzel, play fake. Pump fake. Throws. Back corner of the end zone. It is. Caught. Touchdown. Fordham wins. And so the Rams win and the celebration begins. In that chaos, Pete, where were you? I, I started running to Bucky and it got got intercepted by by one of the linemen, and um, you know I felt I I think Mike Niebrick was the first, was one of the first ones there around me and and uh, Coach uh, J Rod. Um, after that, after it kind of like started hugging me out, I was trying to find to Bucky. <laughs> and, and Pete, be careful! You can't squeeze Niebrick too hard right uh-uh. now. Be careful. Yeah. Uh, to Bucky, yeah. you you missed that punt, and uh, then what happens? Uh well, I tried. I tried my best. I could have <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I missed a punt, and all I remember is looking. First, I looked at the referee to see that it was an official touchdown. And then once I saw his hands go up, I just saw a million people come at me, grab me, jump on me. And I remember um, jumping into one of my coach's arms, Coach Dupuis, my receiver coach. And I just got a whole bunch of pat on the backs and a whole bunch of hugs. So it was, it was awesome. Well, guys, congratulations on the win. And, the last question for me is, uh, how does it feel to finally be Patriot League champions? I mean, it feels great. Like uh, Pete said before, this is the first uh, year we were officially eligible to win the Patriot League. And times like this and, and conference championships don't happen often in all sports. So I just think it's, it's special and it's something unique and something that we, we'll remember for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Truly, truly special. Um, I'm so proud of the senior class to go out like this. All right, guys, Tabucky Jones Jr., Peter Matzel, thanks so much for taking the time and uh, looking forward to another great week against Georgetown. Thanks. All right, that's Fordham wide receiver, senior Tabucky Jones Jr., and senior quarterback Pete Matzel. Mike Watts with Nick Legerfo. Time to get down to our final analysis and zoom on out of Monday Night Quarterback from uh, Applebee's at Fordham Plaza. Nick, when you look at Fordham coming away with this win, 30-27 in overtime against Bucknell, and then you look forward to a game 
where it would be easy for there to be a letdown maybe against Georgetown. You already have the championship. It's it's kind of funny. Fordham has never won the championship and then actually received the trophy after winning the game. They lost <laughs> the two games after the 02 and the 07 championships. So w- what's on the line here this week? Well, I think there's a lot more on the line this time around because Fordham has a chance to get a first-round bye in the playoffs, and I think that has to be the carrot, so to speak, uh, the incentive for this team to keep winning games and to not just let it go towards the end of the season here. Two big matchups against Georgetown, who's a Jesuit and Patriot League rival. You want to send your seniors out with a win at Jack Coffey Field, the final regulation, regular season games for, the, for them. So you want to send them out on a win, plus you're, you're fighting for that playoff bye. All right, well, that should do it for Nick Legere Farm Mike Watts. Thanks for tuning in. That'll do it for this week's edition of Monday Night Quarterback. Thanks to Fordham football head coach Joe Moorhead, quarterback coach and offensive coordinator Andrew Briner, senior quarterback Pete Matzel, senior wide receiver Tabucky Jones Jr., and senior defensive lineman DeAndre Slate for coming on as well. Next Monday, another edition of Monday Night Quarterback, a look back at the Georgetown game, a look ahead to Army at West Point. We'll have our X's and O's segment with one of the coaches, go inside the huddle with some of the players. That's all after Fordham's next game against the Georgetown Hoyas. It's a Jesuit showdown at Jack Coffey Field, the final regular season home game of the season for the Fordham Rams. It starts at 1 p.m. with the one-on-one pregame report at 12.50 on 90.7 FM and WFUVsports.org. Until then, for Nick Legerfo, supervising producer Merrill Servin, producer Sean Hayner, and engineer Brendan Bowers, this is Mike Watts saying have a good week, everybody. Monday Night Quarterback is a presentation of WFUV Sports.